Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring the experiences of individuals living with or affected by sexually transmitted infections. If you are new to the podcast, please check out whatever episodes appeal to you the most. I try to put as much of what the episode is about into the title and description. So if there's anything that you go through that resonates with you, please check it out out and if you like this episode please like rate review subscribe to the podcast and share it with somebody because that helps us grow and get more of this destigmatizing content out there into the world today's guest is heather who manages the hsv in the city instagram page and now website which is up and running right it sure is as of very 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 late saturday and we're recording on Tuesday, so three days later. The timeliness of this has been perfect. I recently posted to my Instagram story just an introduction to who I am and what it is that I'm doing with the Instagram page for Something Positive for Positive People. And I was also just thinking, why haven't I made a post saying, hey, I need new guests if anyone's interested. Fortunately, the stars aligned. We just got back from South by Southwest, all of that. The podcast on making disclosure sex went through and we're done there so now my time has freed up so much more to where I can get back into finding new guests so I'm excited to have you I'm always excited when I see that there's a new page or there's a new support offering for people because the more we have the less of a need there is for it and they become less scarce and I love that you put it out there it's on Instagram and that you're willing to come on here and speak to me so before we go into your personal story can you tell us about hsv in the city i can actually so first i'd like to say thank you very much for having me your video was so timely like you said i was going to actually ask you when i got up the courage to say can i please be on your podcast when you put that out there so thank you for that first i really wanted to talk about why i named it hsv in the city so for one it is a play on words for sex in the city i wanted to ask you that (laughs) it it had to be i think a pun is the highest form of humor not only that but i wanted my instagram page my website the blog the support group to be very sex positive and have a little bit of fun because herpes can be kind of a heavy topic so i just wanted there to be a little bit of whimsy in in something that could be kind of sucky but in all seriousness i created this group because I needed a support group years ago and couldn't find one in the D.C. metro area. I mean, I looked probably every couple months hoping that someone would pop up with one. When I was diagnosed in 2015, I've been looking for a long time. I never knew anybody who personally who had HSV. I had friends that I talked to, but they could only be so supportive, and they didn't always give the best advice for it. And I decided to start this group because until 2017, When I actually got an Instagram account, I know, like, super late in the game, I found these sex-positive and herpes advocates and all of these great supportive pages. And I was like, wow, this is out there. Why is that not here in D.C.? This is a giant metropolitan area. And it wasn't actually until I found the Instagram page positive.results.etx. You had right on the show. I listened to that one. She's so great that I actually had a support group to participate in. And that had such a great effect on how I interacted with my own diagnosis personally. What was actually really kismet is that I met through there a handful of women in the DC area 
going to her support groups out of Texas. So Ray encouraged me to start a group in this area. And I mean, I thought about it for months before I like did it. I have a notebook like sitting next to me right now filled with what can I write about? Like, what are the steps that I need to take? I figured it out, obviously, or I would not have started my, my website and everything. Um, and I actually plan to do this in like the teleconference style that, that Ray does, because it allows some people who, especially in this era, who work for government, might not want to have their face out there. It will allow them to stay as anonymous as they want. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to turn their camera on. Um, they can choose a to stay anonymous or create a name for themselves uh, and still gain something out of the group. I always thought that that was kind of ridiculous before that people had to hide their identity around their health due to discrimination. I thought that it was because of criticism. I thought that it was just because of fear of being teased. But recently, Janelle Marie Pierce, who's the uh, she's the founder of the STD project. She had a situation where she was discriminated against uh, because of her signature line in her email address after having been approved for a home and the person or company who already had approved her to be able to move said that the STD project was sketchy. And that was the first time I had ever heard of anyone actually being discriminated against in regards to this kind of work or being open about their HSV status or any of their uh, their health statuses. And it just makes me wonder now, like, how bad is it that there are so many people who are so fearful of their HSV status being found out? And I've spoken to people like models, people who are in physical environments, massage therapists, and they are fearful of their careers being in jeopardy because of someone finding out they have HSV. So now that I have that in my range of perspective like I can appreciate the anonymity that you provide as an option for people who are fearful of their identity being out there living with this virus it really is a big deal and it's not just HSV status that people feel like they need to hide a lot of personal things because the vast majority of DC works in government being anonymous has some real perks for them and also I mean with doing an informal poll that I did I found that the women I pulled would feel uncomfortable doing a like mixed gender group. So I decided to do two groups, one female identifying and then one mixed gender so that I would have people who might not want to be seen or might not feel comfortable in a mixed gender setting who could be comfortable with their own group. And then a mixed gender setting because me and my mom, of all people who I talked to about it, decided that men were probably an underserved community in a support arena. And uh, I didn't want to cut off 50% of that population. That's so So. thoughtful of you. There's very low representation of men on this podcast. With the men that I have spoken with, this is a very vulnerable topic for people in general. And for let alone men who are taught that vulnerability equals weakness and just being whoever you really are is almost threatening to your uh, survival. Being able to provide that safe space, another challenge I can imagine that you deal with is finding men and getting men to actually show up at all, let alone to participate in the discussions. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I kind of expect to have a couple of these meetings where I'm sitting there alone, hanging out with my cat Jackson in a little bit, waiting for somebody to show up. And that's okay, because 
they will find me. Yes. And I am in the process of getting a logo made because my drawing skills were not good enough for what I tried to do. Oh, um, man. <laughs> but I'm going to get stickers and I'm going to get business cards. I'm just going to kind of drop them everywhere over the city that's just what you got to do and people will find it people will show up even if one person shows up they really needed it and it's great that you were able to be there you're gonna tie a whole brand to this and that you're really serious and invested here because a lot of people who begin these types of things don't follow through completely there's this excitement that comes with starting launching a support group that kind of just fades away as you may no longer need it anymore yeah and i can see how some people would feel that way but i have been involuntarily educating everyone around me for quite a long time now a lot of captive audience so this feels like something i'm meant to do it really does and ray suggested this months ago i mean so so i've been thinking about it that long and to give you a sense of how needed it is in the dc area my therapist when i finally told him because we talked about it a little bit i said i did it i started my instagram page and i'm working on my my website he goes finally i finally have someone to send people to he's like the therapeutic relationship can only go so far i don't have herpes and they don't relate to me in the way that i need them to for for healing and he was just ecstatic. Like, I, I can't even explain how happy he was just to have a group here. He may give them my business card, and they may never show up. But those people who have that business card know that there's someone else out there. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. And shout out to your therapist. We got a lot of shout outs this episode for just being so willing to do that. And it's interesting that the therapist even acknowledges that there's a level of therapy, healing that he's unable to uh, provide and is so willing to suggest that people be able to come to these support groups because of that area of relatability. You know, there are plenty of qualified people out there that will take your money, that are therapists that are completely 110% qualified to take you on and help you through whatever it is that you're struggling with. But there are people who feel as if the therapist does such a great job but there's just something missing and then someone who just has herpes a complete stranger at the bar that you just be like you know what i have herpes hearing them say something like oh me too or i know someone provides such an exponentially greater value than the practical steps for how to manage and live with and disclose and move forward in relationships after a herpes diagnosis right and what i think is so much more interesting than just starting this group is that i started telling people i was doing it people i didn't truly know very well and they're like oh yeah i have that too i'm like wait what (laughs) this whole time i've known you You've never told me this. And so it's just like if, if people are coming out of the woodwork all of a sudden because they go, oh, you have herpes and you care enough to listen. And it's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, too, the healing process itself is something that when you begin to assist in the healing of others, you also experience that healing. 
And just being there and offering support to other people is just going to provide you with an expanded perspective so that you can continue to take what you have in one conversation to another conversation. And maybe the words that you use in one aren't fit for another person. But if you continue that process, you find exactly what a person may need just in conversations of, oh, yeah, I know someone that dealt with this exact same experience through this podcast and talking to all of the guests. I'm able to recommend uh, various experiments that people can do. I'm not a medical professional by any means, but I'm able to share the experiences of others that have been shared with me in order to help someone through their own experiences. And that's exactly what these support groups do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I really mean it. Ray's support group truly changed. It was like a pivotal moment being able to interact with these other women and talk about similar experiences and how we handled, say, a disclosure that went poorly or a disclosure that went really well. Okay, well, what did you do differently this time? I mean, it was just eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just in awe that anybody would want to um, to share these things, and it makes me feel so blessed to have heard them. Yeah, yeah. So, That's great. So you said you had challenges in finding the herpes support groups. And as we know by now, the support groups are extremely challenging to find and they're all over the place. That's what's crazy. Once you get in one, you find out that there's one here, there's one there. There are uh, different support groups for different areas. And it's like a herpes fitness group, a herpes motorcycle group, a herpes uh, mother's group and the list goes on. And so you were looking for these things. So let's, before we get to that point, like talk to us about your diagnosis before you began to look for the support groups. All right. That's, that's a great place to start for that. Um, so I was actually diagnosed on accident. Um, I know, I know the face you're making, like it's, it was for real an accident. I went in for my well woman's exam, you know, a yearly, and when my doctor was putting in the order for all the blood tests, she accidentally checked the um, herpes blood test box. And you, as, as you know, that's not something that's regularly tested. You have to ask for it or present with uh, a, a physical outbreak. And so they called me the day after my birthday, which is not a great birthday gift, um, to tell me that I had general herpes. And that was devastating. I was actually driving down to Virginia Beach to celebrate my birthday with one of my best friends. So it definitely put a damper on that. But um, when I got home, I went to my appointment with this doctor and she apologized for testing me for that without my permission. And um, she was actually really awesome with explaining what herpes was and what were my possible limitations um, and what was not limited. And my options for um, how to keep other people safe and myself, um, we decided to to do Valtrex. So that's what I decided to make myself feel better. But um, Daily Valtrex or just as I, needed? I, I do daily, and she said I probably didn't need that. And she's right, I probably didn't. But um, my kidneys are fine. <laughs> so um, just for a mental health status, it made me feel better to take Beltrex, do not um, cast on to a potential partner, and to lower the chances of having an outbreak. Um, 
and and now I'm in a relationship, so I definitely stay on. on yeah. All right, so, and so the relationship you're in, your partner, it does not have herpes. Does not have herpes. Right. Okay. So, um, so so far, he has not presented with it. Um, he will probably get tested uh, in the next month or so. I don't know if he's going to choose to be tested for herpes, but um, as of this moment, and to my knowledge, um, I've not passed it along to him. Okay. Um, we use protection, and you know, I, I keep track of how my body feels, and I take cell tracks. Yeah, and that's important, too, for people to understand that the preventative measures that lower the risk of transmission also involve communication. You know, we try to layer up and put on condoms or don't make skin-to-skin contact, but it's sex. And another thing that I think is important for people to know, and Ashley Manta, we're doing all the name drops today, the (laughs) canisexual on Instagram, uh, she pointed out something to me that I didn't know was that lube helps to fight friction that may occur in breaking of the skin. And I, I mean, I can use my imagination here, but again, I'm not a medical professional. So I understand how lube can benefit in a pleasurable sexual experience while also contributing to reducing the risk of STI transmission. So wanted to make sure to plug that in there. Funny enough, my doctor, the one who diagnosed me, said that the rise of removing pubic hair has risen the amount of infection whoa and that makes sense because it it's a skin-to-skin contact virus but if you got a 1970s bush going on you're not it's making not full not, contact skin on skin high, but it definitely helps. yeah um, i mean just think about it and this is this is how she said i probably got it is you know every time you shave or wax or something you're creating little teeny holes little teeny wounds that leave you open for infection so she said that's probably what happened and I, I would probably agree with her. I mean, it is a, it's another barrier. Mm-hmm. That's how I was diagnosed. Was yeah. Like, the day after my birthday, hey, sorry to let you know you have you know, herpes. Do you feel like your consent was violated because you weren't given a choice to be tested for herpes? Yes, I mm-hmm. do. Um, I do now. And am I glad that I know? Absolutely. Like, I really do. But I remember thinking then and I had been doing research of course like the whole week between my first appointment and I was like the CDC says don't test for this but they tested me for it and so many so much of the population who has it doesn't know and I'm like but now I know Mm. I can't be oblivious like everybody else gets to be yeah you know so I mean in the beginning I felt really really violated that I didn't ask for something and it essentially changed my view on my own body and my own um, my own person but I do know that you are less likely to transmit it if you know you have it and that makes me feel better because yeah. the person who gave it to me knew they had it and didn't tell me oh so you know that yes I do uh... I know that for sure and he's like well it's not a big deal for me I was like well I'm so glad that was your body you made that choice for, but um, I didn't get that choice, mm-hmm. um, which is why I'm so big on disclosure and consent, because I don't ever want to be that person that takes that choice away from someone. Yes. And that choice was taken from me. Would I not have dated him? I couldn't tell you that because I don't, you know, I'm not in that place anymore. But we most definitely would have been much more careful with, with condoms and... Uh, just in general, been more careful and 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You get this birthday gift, and you're on your way to party. So the emotions that came with that, you were clearly upset. And I'm sure once the initial emotions ran their course, it was, wait a minute, this doctor tested me, and I didn't ask for it. So I was never actually mad at her. Okay. I know people would think I would be mad, but I was never actually mad. It was an honest mistake. They're checked right next to I mean, it's right in line with, you know, HIV. HSV, like, you can just accidentally click it. Like, I can't be mad at a mistake. And like I said, I am better off knowing that I have it than not knowing. I, I That's just how I personally feel about it. Yeah. So I, I never felt mad, and I'm actually kind of grateful for, as silly as this is going to sound, but for the lessons that having herpes has actually taught me. Like, you know, know, everyone I, who says this says that they're going to sound crazy. But that is literally what every person who has worked through their diagnosis and at least has become comfortable enough to talk about their experience openly has said. They've all said this, that herpes is a blessing, that they're so happy because of the experiences that herpes has brought them, and it's helped them in their relationship to themselves. It's helped them with partners. It's helped them with relationships. And it's made them have like this uh, higher standard for themselves. I would agree. So there's a couple lessons that, that herpes taught me, and I think the most important one to put out there is that you don't have to feel lucky that someone wants to, that someone is willing to sleep with you or willing to date you because or in spite of having herpes. You don't have to feel lucky for that because you are not less than. You are worthy of love and a fil- fulfilling relationship and everything that comes along with that. And the reason I say that is because that crappy relationship I, I got herpes from, I was actually about to dump him, like, and then I found out. And then I ended up staying with him for another two years out of just straight shame and guilt and feeling like nobody else would love me. And um, and I believe you've had um, Emily Tapas on here before. Yeah, and the name of that episode was actually Who Will Love Me. <laughs> oh, good, good deal. She had put a quote out on her Instagram. It was, STIs are an expected outcome of sex, not a punishment. And that resonates so deeply with me because I felt like I had gotten herpes as a punishment. And so then I had to stay in this awful relationship because I had enjoyed sex or I, um, you know, just in general. And that's not it. She's right. STIs are an expected outcome of sex, not a punishment. And so I don't punish myself anymore with bad relationships. There are too many people that who could meet those those needs. But I'm just really jazzed about knowing that I am so much more worthy of caring and kindness and uh, than I ever thought I was before herpes. Mm-hmm. And you know, it also taught me about myself like who, who am I really like well I've come to find out I'm pretty damn brave um and I joined the military like I was in the navy and I still feel more brave going on this podcast than I did signing my name to Uncle Sam and thank and, you for your service as well well thank you I, it was it was a good time um I, I also learned about setting boundaries with yourself and with others and emotions and self-respect and and how to advocate for myself. I actually had to have a conversation with a new doctor 
about how what she said was perpetuating stigma around herpes. Tell me and more. How'd this happen? It was, um, I, I went in and I think I just needed like a Beltrax refill or something along those lines. And um, I don't even know how it came up, but she'd said something similar to like, essentially, I can't, if I ever got this, it would, you know, essentially life would be over kind of deal. And I was like, ma'am, you're literally writing me a prescription for Beltrax right now. Did you know? And I was like, having herpes is not nearly as bad as the stigma that you just showed me exists so deeply. And she was like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I don't think she realized what she had said was so perpetuating of the stigma. I think we need to, to stop making STIs the most scary thing that you can possibly get. I think what would be a better idea is just providing better education on STIs in general that are not scary. Yeah, we make STIs so scary as a result of sex, and sex isn't scary. Sex is, no. you know, it's something you're hesitant to do at first, and once you're at a place where you understand sex and you're mature enough to know the pleasures of it, you know, if we're able to just make it clear that sex can and should be a pleasurable experience, here's how. Oh, by the way, we need to understand that STIs are an expected outcome of sex, and here are some things that you can do to manage life if you do come in contact with an STI. Right, and education stops the stigma, and that's why I'm here, and that's why you're here, is to show people that this is not the worst thing that can possibly happen. Exactly. That was very beautifully said. It just flowed so smoothly. I had fun. I, I'm really glad I got to do this. I am so. too. I'm so happy to have had you and I'm so thankful for you. Again, thank you for your service and I just appreciate you extending yourself to the D.C. area. Um, how can people find you, Heather? So they can find me on hsvinthecity.com and you can also find me on my Instagram. city. Heather? Thank you so much. I appreciate you letting me be on your show. I, I think what you do is amazing. And I put in my, can I please join hands? For those of you who don't know, HANDS is a network of herpes activists. It's an acronym <laughs> for Herpes Activists Networking to Dismantle Stigma. It is led by Janelle Marie Pierce of the STD Project. And what we do is support one another in the herpes activist community. We uplift each other's work. We are getting together to um, do things to destigmatize herpes. For instance, Break the Stigma Day is April 24th. So we'll have some hashtags for that and you'll see if you follow any of us at all on social media you'll see that we'll be posting about it here soon we'll be using the hashtags what stigma break the stigma bts day ah, i'm gonna have to put these in the show notes but we have a newsletter that's gonna go out and we're all gonna be contributing to it for our social media campaigns and if you want to get involved just keep in touch you can repost you can share things you don't have to have herpes in order to support the education or awareness pieces of this and this is just it's one more thing that people can do to show support for their loved ones who may be living with hsv and navigating these challenges this concludes this episode of something positive for positive people i'm
Courtney Brame. I can be found. I can fee bound. I can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit at H on my chest. I am most active on Instagram, and I recently just posted a video. If you stuck around uh, for now, you will have heard this in the beginning already, but where I just explain what the H on my chest Instagram account is about. I'm most active there. I'll do a lot of just uplifting content that I believe in. It's advocating for a lot of sex positivity, body positivity, and of course, STI-related information. And as you heard me just explain to Heather, uplifting other members of Hands work as well. If you like this episode, if you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe to, and share this podcast on any podcast platform or player that you listen on, and give me your feedback. I'm as accessible as I possibly can be, so reach out, don't hesitate, and if you want to be a guest on the podcast, do the same. If you haven't already checked out Dating Positives, I encourage you to do so. Go on there to find love, friendship, casual sex with integrity and whatever else it is that you may be looking for from a potential lover or partner. Um, go and check that out. And please don't forget to check out the blog Waxo. I am very, very excited to have been able to contribute so much content to them. Um, I've spoken about rejection, how community serves as a cure. I've spoken about my personal sex life after herpes, and I'm looking forward to contributing so much more to the Waxo blog, which is essentially just a lifestyle magazine that is very uh, sex positive and inclusive to those who are living with STIs and another resource for the LGBT community as well. So, um, and we also going to have some feature articles from some ladies that I really appreciate, follow and enjoy sharing all of their work. So stay tuned for those. And I'll talk about those on upcoming episodes as well, letting you know when those get submitted to the blog too. So, um, just please continue to show your support for the podcast just through supporting anyone who supports the podcast that is essentially like the safest and easiest way that you can support the podcast outside of leaving reviews so check that out again that's just datingpositives.com check them out on social media at datingpositives and on waxo that's w-a-x-o-h.com till next time stay positive